Hello and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People and a little series I like to call One on One with Santa. And joining me today, I have Grant Hout from Rowan, Rook, and Deckard. Oh, hello. And how are you? Happy today? to be here. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I am. I am. I'm a pint of blood down. I went into town and performed my civic duty, and they let them. I let them take a whole pint of blood out of me. Ah. Uh, so I am. I'm a little bit wobbly. Ah, you gotta uh, feed the vampires, I, uh, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus, <laughs> I have, I have, um, I believe I'm a universal donor, so it makes me feel a little bit special when I go in and like, oh, come, come this way, sir, come this way, because because they can do like four babies out of one donation from me, so I feel pretty special about that. I think, I think like whatever I did today, far better than going to work, which I should have done. <sighs> Work's boring though. <laughs> well, I guess yours probably not as much, eh? Not so much. No, I have I have worked very hard to make it so that my job is writing not stories about elves, but ideas for stories about elves that someone else can tell. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet job. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think many people yeah. can say that. Um, and no. I definitely want to bring that up forward. But uh, I like to ask a little question right before we get into it. But how did you get first get into the tabletop hobby to begin with? Mm, how did I get into? It? I was always I was always a um, sensitive and um, easily impressed child, and I struggled to make friends. So naturally, Warhammer was a uh, was a, was a was a suitable place for me to end up. Um, mm-hmm. I I and the other weirdos from primary school uh, would go and spend far too much money on little boxes of plastic models. And uh, that was kind of my was kind of my route in to the world. Um, I the first time I ever saw someone doing role playing, like the first time I saw a role playing happening, was uh, the year two thousand. It was before Games Day, which was the what used to be the big um, Games Workshop convention, mm-hmm. the in house one. And uh, they like we were sleeping. We were sleeping over in Games Workshop Carlisle, and Carlisle is a place in the north of England where you change trains. And I happened to live there for nine years. But we uh, we were staying there, and some boys were playing. Some older boys were playing a, a game of Sabbat, uh, and they were just, which is uh, f- for the uninitiated, that's a vampire the masquerade. But you're but you're mean rather than sad, <laughs> uh, and and they were just sort of messing around and and, uh, and and being violent towards uh, NPCs. And I thought it was absolutely magical. I thought it was absolutely astonishing. And, 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 and because they were older boys, I wasn't allowed to play. Yeah. But I was, yes, I, I was blown away by it. I saw that. And then I just started, um, so didn't, we didn't have a great deal of money growing up. Um, and also I, I lived in, uh, after that, quite, quite, quite soon after that, I moved to Portugal. Uh, my folks mm-hmm. had... Um, uh, my dad bought holiday homes over there when they were cheap as chips in the eighties. Instead of having an actual job, he's just run a series of scams on the government involving those houses. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I moved over there, which meant I didn't couldn't really buy anything. It was kind of it was kind of before the internet was really such a big thing in terms of mm. distributing games or PDFs and that sort of thing. Uh, so I just downloaded as many free PDFs as I could, or more more accurately, I um, copy and pasted Angel Fire websites into text documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then read them offline because dial-up was expensive, and that's how we got started. Uh, I very much sort of found my own way in. I didn't have someone to 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 guide me, mm. um, which I think is have which, which I think is sort of molded me in some ways, which I'm not 
super happy about. I would have liked to have an older boy there who could say, "All right, Grant, here's <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna skip the first four years of experimentation and show you what a good role playing game is." But I got there eventually. <laughs> no, that's uh, that sounds. I've actually heard a lot of people say that they kind of got in just through their own pure curiosity. Only a few people mm. had older brothers. I was not one of those. I didn't get until I was in mm. my twenties. Uh, yeah. Like 10 or so years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah. And now you're working. Was it Rowan, Rook and Deckard? That's uh Rowan, Rook and Deckard. Yes. We, we picked the firm, which most sounded like a fantasy law firm. <laughs> We wanted, we wanted. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a game, a live games company called Matheson Marco, mm-hmm. um, which is run by um, Holly Gramazio and someone else, Sophie Sampson, I believe, which is neither of their names. Yeah, but that, but but Matheson Marco sounds really clever. It so does. so I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we can do that. We can just have, we can just put some bullshit names in there. Um, so so we did, and so these are just character names which we've had. I've been um, wondering that too. Not, yeah. Because I was like, I was looking, I was like, yeah. who's the original Rowan, Rook, and Deckard? And I was looking, I was like, I can't find mm. mention of these people anywhere. So it, 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 so, <laughs> mysterious founders. <laughs> so literally, you kind of just did it because it sounded cool. I that yeah, I, if absolutely. I knew that, uh, I that would have saved me like an hour worth of research. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. I mean, you spent uh, you spent that on the website. That's fine. Like, yeah. like, like odds are you'll purchase something at that point. So, uh, uh, it, I mean, at that point, I'll just claim it was an ARG. <laughs> I like that. I actually really like that. That that's an awesome way to figure out a name. Um, so, <laughs> I actually found out about uh, Roan Rook and Deckard through Unbound as I was looking for. Mm-hmm something to do with cards and i was i never seen it before i was like is there any games that work with cards at all and this was even way before even thinking of the podcast what what made you guys actually decide to make that system which in its own is extremely unique it's a fascinating game. It it yes. kind of works as well, which I like. <laughs> it's um, it's 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 broadly functional. So uh, so this was the first game which Chris and I wrote together. Uh, Chris is Deckard um, from the three of us, and I'm Rook. Uh, and Maz, the third person, is Rowan. Uh-huh. Um, but um, we were uh, it was, that was the first game which Chris and I had written together. I published. I, I put a Goblin Quest with Maz. We weren't really a business or anything. Mm-hmm. Maz was looking after the business side of things for me and doing the numbers, and I was making the words come out pretty. Uh, and then I moved to so uh, so, so well, Maz also is my partner. Um, yeah. my, my romantic life partner, and Chris is my non-romantic life partner. <laughs> we all to run a business together, and. Uh, I moved to uh, to New York with mm. uh, with Maz back in 2015 or 14, one of those years. And I got to tell you, uh, New York, pr- pretty much one of the worst places I've been. <laughs> Hate it. Really, but a lot of a, a lot of places that bad at least have the decency to be cheap. Oh, but New York, New York is both unpleasant and expensive. I've no time for it. Uh, it's 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 either too hot or too cold. Everyone's furious, mm-hmm. uh, and and shouting is the main method method of communication. So I was I was desperately sad being in New York. I wasn't having a very good time. I'd just mm-hmm. come from uh, from Sydney, Australia, which was a absolute just a just a paradise where there's like like um, brightly colored dinosaurs fly over your head and screech in the morning. It's beautiful. <laughs> 
uh, birds, I suppose they're called. And uh, and so and, and Chris Chris had just uh, split up with his wife at that point, and so he had mm-hmm. to move back in with his parents. We were both having a rotten time with things, and we were going yeah. mad. And we'd finished most of the missions on Grand Theft Auto Five, so we decided what we should do is write a game together. Um, and so it began as a fantasy heartbreaker. Uh, it began, I think, it was D twenty. Yep. Um, we like the first idea we had was, uh, what if all of your stats were hit points? And so we started writing a game around that, um, and then it got it got more, it got less generic and more generic and back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. But what we ended up with um, the idea of the cards. The interesting thing for us was the way in which it could function as your hit points. Mm-hmm. So, like initially with Unbound, or also for, for anyone who doesn't know, um, uh, who's, who's listening to this, Unbound is an older game which Chris and I wrote, and the idea is that uh, it's a generic cinematic action game. It does pulp stories, big over-the-top fights, uh, generally involving some sort of robotic suit. And the players make up their own setting with the GM as they go through. Like It does a brilliant session zero, and honestly, a, a, a serviceable campaign. A fine <laughs> campaign, by the book. Point being, um, we uh, what, one of the things we, which we wanted to get was that you didn't have a character sheet and that your, your deck was everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we used to do more with the deck. Like they, we used to have this ritual at the start of each campaign of Unbound. We took a card out of your deck and tore it in half uh, to 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 remove that card from the running. Yeah, uh, and then mechanically, it wasn't very interesting. And also from a from a social point. So, social point of view, it was hugely unpleasant to do. It feels horrible to tear, to tear a card in half. It's yeah. like pulling a page out of a paperback book. It's really like, mm, mm. it's gross. Um, and like, there was a white like what we wanted to do was sort of um, have it as almost like a hazing ritual and be like, right, this isn't a, this isn't a deck of cards anymore. This is a special tool for this purpose. Yeah. Um, but people hated it, so um, we've just we, we we cut it back. But the 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 idea is that. Your, your, you have a deck of cards, and that's your hit points, and it's also the thing you use to to resolve checks, and you put stamina on it, and there's various other fun things you can do to play it out, um, and it, and, and that you can write um, things that have happened to your character on the cards, uh, and play with that, and it's, I think, I think it was the like I, th- for all of the all of the things which I'm proudest of. In um, in our game design works, but like from a mechanical point of view, I view myself as uh, mechanically more of a uh, bit of a workhorse. In that I'll find I'll find a system that works, and the mm. idea is that the game design is making everything fit into that system. Yeah. Um, and so, like Heart, for example, Heart has one way of resolving things, um, but we've just We've we've changed the dressing around it. We've changed the, like the pipes which go in and go out. So it's, so it's different and it's interesting. You have options, but there's one core mechanic which functions. Yeah. Um. And that's and and, and that's me. Whereas Chris uh, has a Chris sleeps about once every three weeks. Um, he's on he's on on so many pills. Um, that he rattled if you shake him. His brain doesn't quite work in the same way as other people. And I'm going to say about once every two months, I'll just get a text message in, in the middle of the night going like something like, Grunt, you know clocks from Blades in the Dark? Yeah, what's that? They're just round checkboxes, Grunt. <laughs> and so and so my 
my my role in in the business uh, and Chris's role too is that we take things which we take these inspiration which we which which, which the other has and mm. we take that and we refine it and we sort of p- pass it back and forth and rub the sharp edges off and find out and so what if your deck of cards was your health was yeah. Chris's idea and that was such an interesting idea it was like, well, okay let's 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 do the whole system around it then because dice aren't dice weren't, weren't very interesting interesting to us it wasn't working yeah uh and just and just just like we'd never seen anything like that before and they also uh like we have stamina which uh which you have you play cards face down to give you a little um like a shield like in halo yeah um or any fps these days and i really liked how visible the cards were for that uh, how, how you, you like how characters literally have a health bar made up of cards and you can knock them yeah. down and build it up and stuff so that was quite neat too yeah, no, I what kind of drew me to it at first. Like, I was looking for a card game, but as I was reading, I was like, wow, you could really do almost any kind of style of game here. And the one thing I really liked was that you actually had, uh, it was the first example I saw of uh, how the battle map, it wasn't just, you know, you move your hex one here, you had these zones that were actually built into it, mm. and how even uh, the character sheet will re like the characters that you have will react to those zones and you can really kind of just tailor it how you like. And I, I was kind of a little bit blown away with how much more fluid that kind of system worked compared to a standard game. Mm. Um, I stole it from fate. It's um, it's it's uh, like what I put like fate has that, but fate uh, in in unbound, we have connections which go between areas, Mm -hmm. um, which I think I stole from a game I wrote. Oh, oh, 12 years ago now called Primetime Murder Justice. <laughs> but you have, um, uh, in Fate, it's just like a grid and you can move between the areas in the grid. And for yeah. Unbound, we want a bit more tactical, so we put in connections. But yeah, like one of the things which we which we really enjoyed, um, one of the things which which we find interesting is, 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 having, is being able to have uh, a tactical game because Chris, like Chris is big on MMOs. And mm-hmm. like Unbound plays a bit like an MMO at, at, at times. It's not quite, yeah, but it's nearly that. Um, in terms of your positioning and your pushing and your pulling, um, the no, I've completely lost my place. Uh, you're talking it's gone. About... <laughs> uh, you were discussing about how the how you constructed the battle map and how it actually reacts and kind of is like an MMO. Like with how it functions. Yes, that was it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so functionally, the like you just you just draw six squares and connect them, and then that's that's your map. And yeah. what what the interesting the interesting thing for us was was if it's if there's nothing interesting there, it doesn't exist. So you can't just have a corridor. You mm. can't just have a featureless room. You can't have a ten foot by ten foot thing. Like there has to be something interesting which you can which you can picture there. Yeah. And so the way that like like we tried to push it so that zones weren't right. A zone is ten meters across. Is mm. a zone's whatever you want it to be within the fiction. So if you're having a tense fight in a house, a zone is one room. Yeah. And then if you're having and and because because of the scale we work in Unbound, like we had a game where uh, it was kind of a Mad Max style Road Warrior game. Um, and so one of the areas in that was a was a mile long stretch of highway, and just because because if if you're fighting on that, but you're using your vehicle and you're dueling, but yeah. we don't need to we we can just assume you're there rather than having you drive up and down. So so pinning the like trying to marry the idea of narrative importance and tactical importance 
was was really interesting. I'm, I, th- I think I think we pulled it off quite nicely. Yeah, you did, and I uh, and kind of on the flip side of that, I think it was I forget the name of it. Was it the dynamic system part of it, where uh, that's where you focus more on the archetypes and like the actual descriptions of the characters in order to give benefits, and it was more fluid. Uh, I mean, that sounds. I don't remember anything. I don't remember writing anything you've just described, but it sounds great. <laughs> uh, I just, it was just, it was, uh, I remember you had one where it was like the combat where it was more built towards, you know, actually having the battle map. And then you had one that didn't use uh, the uh, battle oh, map. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, there's dramatic and narrative. That's dramatic it, and dramatic narrative and narrative. Things. Sorry. Yes. So, so you can, which is something which we've carried on to our later designs. But it was, we, we wanted combat to be a celebration. Mm-hmm. In that, because because like in in the majority of role playing games, and I will say like maybe not these days, but the majority of role playing games which we played at the time and which we grew up playing, it's about fighting. It's about having a big fight. It's about heroic yeah. action and daring do. And there was this, I think, like as the OSR, um, that as the the original form of the OSR, or just I suppose the the old school was dying and the new, the, the, the old school uh, resurgence was coming in. There was this idea, which is like, like, well, you want to try and sneak around combat and you want to try and get, get past this. You want to try and bypass this. And the idea of bypassing combat to us felt really kind of sticky and weird because when yeah. we built these characters, we want to see this happen. This is exciting. So let's make it, let's make this, make it a reward. You have one combat per session and it's great. Yeah. And then everything else just like and, and you can have a fight in a narrative scene. We're just not gonna break out the maps. It's like yeah. you're not gonna die or anything. It's fine. We're just gonna do the things and you get out and it happens. And it's I think like being able to it's a bit like in Final Fantasy when you get a like when you when you hit a random encounter, it goes and then the music starts. <laughs> and it's like this is something else. You're like yeah. this is a different thing from what's happening. We have different rules in here, but it's this it's a branch of the same story. Yeah, I almost kind of looked at it as almost like a cutscene, you know, like where you see like all those yes. actions that yes. you can't actually do in combat, but really adds to the story. And I, I always thought that was really cool. Mm. Um so that was actually an inspiration for your later RPGs, actually, like Spire and all that. Like the yeah, um, so actually the like the the thing, Paul, Spire um, and Heart are much more um, much more narrative, much woollier, much Very looser. Much so. We don't deal with positioning and that sort of thing, um, and that comes from a a there's a there's a show called Spaced on UK TV. Yeah. Um, which is which was like uh, early two thousands. It was quite formative for a lot of us. But there's a but there's a character, and at one point, someone comes up to him and she's telling him his life story. She, she's telling him her life story. And it's this really heartbreaking thing, and he's, he's in the middle of a PS one game, and he's like, "Skip to the end," and that that became kind of a thing which 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 people said for three or four years. Skip to the end, and yeah. we had that as a as a design tenet, which is um, like. In heart and inspire, we don't want to track all the money you've got. So then you can, and then work out how much things cost, so you can spend them. And mm-hmm. we work out an economy, which means that you'll be pushing too hard, so you won't have enough money. What we do instead is work out. Well, we want the place to run out of money. So um, here, um, here's here's what's happened. Here, here's here's how you run out of money, and then it uses the same system as everything else. 
the same system as hit points, the same system as uh, madness or what have you. But the bad thing is you've run out of money. The bad thing is you've fallen down a hole. And just sort of, <laughs> just the exciting bit of role playing. Yeah. Uh, but Hollows, it, Hollows is our new thing, um, which we we put into playtest very recently. You can find a download link on our website if you're if you're clever and canny, or if or if we've, if we've gotten around to put up putting it on the front page yet. And Hollows is a very crunchy tactical game. It is oh. a the idea being is it's about fighting giant monsters mm-hmm. and we have a tactical grid and the monster never moves on the grid. The monster's always present and then it's just about your position relative to the monster. So whether you're in flank or at range or behind or approaching or retreating or hiding behind a wall or mm. what have you. Um, like for example, terrain is something your character does rather than something that's there. Yeah. So it's quite tricky to wrap your head around initially, but it makes for some interesting fights. And if you're not fighting a capital E entity um, in one of these Silent Hill style hollows, just yeah. a series of dice rolls. If you're like if you're just fighting some mooks, just a series of dice rolls. That's fine. You're not going to die. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't important enough for that. Yeah. And we learned that from Unbound. We learned the fact that, that that like okay, well the stakes can be different. You know, and like as long as the stakes are clear. Um, then people can role play in a really interesting ways and push and pull and negotiate around that. Um, yeah, because it treats. I think. I think by establishing uh, establishing clear stakes and then also saying, right, this isn't going to kill your character. The stakes here are X and Y, but you can carry on playing. People and treating people like grown-ups, it allows you to collaborate towards something interesting. Interesting. There's still surprises. There's still things which we're going to go for. There's still stuff which which we're not going to expect. But by giving us that grounding, it, it avoids some of the idea of oh, I don't know what to do, which is unfortunately <laughs> always going to happen in every role playing game. Yeah, that actually sounds really cool. So, what is the story behind Hall? Because I know, like, I've I've read through your entire Spire book, Heart book, and I love. Hmm the lore and the stories that you have created and just the fact that you, the one thing I really love about your guys' products is you don't explicitly say, this is what it is. It's like, here's a little hook for you to grab onto if you want to use it, or here's that. Um, so I know hollow is different. Is it, it says it's a different world than Spire and all that. How are you? Uh, yes. It, that it world? Is, yeah. Um, Really vaguely. If you thought Spire was vague, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, like Spire, um, I, I've, I've said before that Spire is the game I, uh, game that we wrote because they wouldn't let us write unknown armies in Necromunda, <laughs> uh, and it is like unknown armies. Necromunda had an ugly kid. It is a. It's like I. The idea of um, a giant, a, a giant city. Yeah, uh, which defies the laws of space and time. Great, fine. And then the idea that magic is simply um, scalpel belief, uh, adjudicated by a predominant culture. I find that absolutely fascinating. And it's like Pratchett goes into that as well. But other armies, the postmodern magic ideas, the the idea that that magic arises from within society is fascinating and wonderful to me. And. Like we started off doing that inspire we uh we came up with various bits and the way in which Chris and I write games is we write uh there's maybe like we maybe got a couple of pages of fluff and we'll start doing the mechanics and we'll get the things oh here's what the game's about okay 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 cool, cool and then uh then we throw that one away and then we come back and we change we change a few things and we throw that one away and then we come back and we and then we we this this one third draft 
that's the one. That's the one where we realized we didn't do defense properly. Yeah. Every every time, <laughs> every time we didn't work out how to defend. So fourth, like fourth comes in, and fourth, there's there's a lot of real sadness. But then four, we've solved it, and then actually we haven't solved it, have we, Grant? Real depressive slump for about two weeks. Yeah. Around the start of edition five, um, and and what that does is over the course of those successive iterations, um, we eventually sort of. The bits we don't rip out make the shell of the game, oh, okay. and so um, like the way, like the heart classes which stayed versus the ones which didn't, the heart mechanics which stayed, the spire districts which stayed, mm-hmm. um, those form the shape of the game. And there comes a point where Chris and I can look at something and go, right, that's heart, or that isn't heart, and we can oh. understand what the shape is, and we can operate independently. And there's this sort of we reach a little zeitgeist between the pair of us. Uh, and that's that's how we got to Spire. That's how we got to that's how we got to Heart. Uh, Hollows is a is much more hands off in terms of fiction. Mm-hmm. So we aren't strict. We aren't very concerned with the wider world. There's no particular home home base, as it were. The idea behind Hollows uh, it's set. It started off as a monster hunting game in uh, in the deep south, mm-hmm. um, in like southern gothic that sort of thing. Yeah. And the idea it was it was called what was it called um. The Witch Hunters of Sumpsuckle Hollow was was the name that we were knocking around for. Sorry, yeah. Sumpsuckle Holler was the name <laughs> that we were knocking around for a bit. Um, and we like, we went back and forth. We did some really interesting things. We had, and again, we had those successive iterations. We had one which was solely based around the time of day it was. Yeah. We had uh, we had a we had a D4 system for a while. We I think we had playing cards for a bit, yeah. and we. I felt that the that the that the Southern Gothic um, genre, the tone, while I really love it, wasn't for me to tell. I've mm-hmm. you know I've I've been to Mississippi once. I was terrified by the raw amount of biomass. <laughs> just 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 how much was alive out there? Oh, Crazy. Oh, and moist. And so like like and, and like like just just like to come from a very tame. Uh, island, yeah, you know, like to come to come, to come from the south of England at that point uh, to like th- like this. This is the part of the bio which we've actually looked after and put a path in. Now, please don't step five foot left or you'll die. <laughs> that 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 was that was that 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 level of, of of oppression and almost like an uncaringness towards humans. It breeds this really interesting story, um, but it wasn't my story to tell. And so we went back and forth. We did a few things, and what we ended up with eventually was a system, was a setting where it is eighteen sixty, roughly. We don't say that; we just imply that. Yeah. Um, and the game takes place in well, the the game so far takes place in the Isles, which are the British Isles, and so it's it's ta- it takes place uh, around around the fall of the British Empire. Oh. Uh, but I I hate history. In as much as I'm sure it's interesting in some capacity, but I, I, my my school had never received an ungraded paper. Ungraded means that they refused to give me an F. Oh, yeah. Um, but my yeah my 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 sort of my secondary school level education for history came back. They were like, we're not even going to put a number on this. Um, so my my level of research is dedicated. It's it, well, it's Wikipedia and down. Not especially interested in that. We didn't want to try and do a historical game. We didn't want to try and talk yeah. about those things, but we wanted to get far enough away from the real world so it can feel fantastical and interesting. 
Yeah. Um, but also to a point where um, weapons tech, because the game is about weapons, because we, we set it up as this Wild West game, yeah. um, your rolling block rifle is, is one of the scariest things you can have. Uh, like, we just got revolvers with, with like, cased ammo. That sort of thing, rather than making your own slugs and your own little little packets of paper, mm. and the idea, uh, and th- and then it just started to sort of blossom out of there. The 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 gag is that when something really bad happens, it forms a hollow. Yeah, uh, and this is like generally we have them around people, but it can be around things or animals or places or what have you. But when enough bad magic builds up, it goes off and it forms a pocket dimension. And oh. it's a bit like Silent Hill crossed with Bloodborne. It's wrapped around one person. They don't know they're in it. They transform into a giant monster. Uh, there are other giant monsters appear in there. And only people who have been scarred with some sort of trauma can get in and fight it. Oh. Namely, hunters who are the player characters. Um, and so we've gone from... And the and we've gone from um, Spire, which is a fundamentally fruitless game about being shot in the street, to uh, Heart, which is a game about dying in the best way possible. Chris mm. and I both got therapy in between Heart and Now, um, and we both got the kind of therapy which works a little bit. Mine's worked yeah. brilliantly. I'm no longer depressed. It's weird, but. Um, that but now in Hollows is not a game about dying well. It is not a game about futility. It's not a game about struggle. It's a game about trying to make. It's 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 about leveraging toxic traits for yeah. positive change, um, which we tell through the medium of shotgunning a monster's face off. Yeah, yeah, no that that that's mm. actually that's a really cool way to actually explain it. I was I was reading a little bit about it and it sounded really neat. And I did get the Bloodborne vibes while I was reading it, mm. but uh, yeah, mm. which is I'm I honestly when I saw it, it's like your weapon hates. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, yeah. That's a really uh, oh, oh I, I've got to say it was an absolute Disco Elysium was an absolute fucking godsend. Disco in the in the in that we. Yeah, yeah. Like we were trying to find the tone for the game. We were trying to work out what it was, and yeah. we were going through. And we had all the we had all these weapons, and we were like, okay, well, we want different kinds of pistol. Oh, okay, we want different rules for a great axe and a great sword. We have all these cool, and it can like your class is your weapon. You can build this stuff up, but it just wasn't selling it. And then we hit upon the idea of doing um, iconic weapons. So we we get the list as short as possible for things yeah. you could fight a dragon with in eighteen sixty. Um, and then um, the lies those weapons tell you, and it's and like I think there's, there's something fascinating about because uh, like we don't have um, we don't have weapons in this country. We yeah. don't. Uh, that's not a. It's not a. I've I've never seen a gun outside yeah. of the hands of a police officer, or and, and even then, like that's that's rare. Yeah. Um, but like, but like we were in like, like, like the idea of guns and weaponry and especially like the, the Americana idea of like, of like this, this, this is totemic and powerful and valuable and crucial, yeah. um, playing with, and, and how that ties into masculinity and how masculinity ties into the idea of existence and like, well, well, if you're not a real man, you're nothing. And so to be able to just like funnel that down into yeah. a pistol saying you're so much better than he is. Yeah. 
killer. <laughs> that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really that's a really cool way to kind of almost uh, isolate those kind of emotions and those feelings and hmm. into something that I think everyone can kind of understand. And that's a really that, that's actually super fascinating. I've, I've never really I, I read it, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, shit, that's actually a lot. It's like it's like um so we're, so we're currently working on expanding the setting. Um, we're working yeah. on cosmology that follows, um, yeah. and we wanted to keep it we wanted to keep it quite street level, quite quite vague. Like I, I didn't want to I didn't want to have a game where you save the world, but more yeah. that you save this person. Uh, but we but but we also we wanted to think about what the general trends were, so you could theme a campaign, or so you could make decisions and understand, and also because that makes for a better community. Yeah, uh, we found that the more touch points you can give people, the more um, enabled they feel to create their own worlds and their own um, elements within the setting, and so yeah. that, that means that means a community forms and people get happy, which is nice. And so we were talking about the these things called the grand malignancies, of which we have six, which are the problems inherent in the Isles in eighteen sixty, and yeah. they are what are they? Um, uh, hunger, pride, grief. Three others. <laughs> so my memory is not what it used to be. Um, yeah. But but the I was I was uh, so you know Chris and I we we live we live quite close to each other now which is nice. So we um we 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 went to town. We had lunch. We chatted through like what's the issues? What's the what's the deal? How can we how can we mechanize these? How can we make like how can we cement these into the world in a way which isn't just us saying hey here's some stuff over here have fun with it so yeah. what with these malignancies the first time every player character is is broken in combat they run out of resolve and they can be more easily killed it triggers a, a special power based on which one of those scarred them so like oh. the the hunger one is cool you uh you 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 re you get another use of a um of, a, of an expendable item uh, or the like the 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 wrath one is you lash out at everyone around you and the fewer hunters there are in your area the more damage you do to the baddie that sort of thing but i was writing the second person fiction for 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 all of these malignancies which are just like these 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 are these are the toxic traits which are ruining everything yeah. and i sent it over to chris and he sent it back and he was like yeah this is great sounds a bit positive though grant and <laughs> what, what, i tried really i'm glad you said that because i tried really hard to make all of them sound like a good idea yeah, and with, with with the weapons and hollows, I was really keen to have everything like beguiling, exciting, um, yeah. affirming, and there's so like I I spent such a long time um, of of my existence, and I still do on occasion, uh, feeling unsure about myself and uncomfortable and uh, directionless, and feeling like I didn't have a place in the world, like I was an aberration. And so yeah. each of these weapons is like it's like no, you're powerful, you matter. You you can fuck shit up. Go fuck shit up. It's what you're <laughs> supposed to do, son. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that that sounds awesome, and I I, re I really like the sound of how it it you have a really unique. I I don't want to call it a battle map because it's not really a battle map, but the way how you you're explaining how combat mm. works, it really sounds I. Like when you mentioned that Unbound was like fate, I was like, yeah, I could see it. I could see it definitely where you can get the inspiration from that. But that one, I'm just thinking, mm. is like, I can't really think of anything besides maybe like, a, like a video game, maybe. But it really doesn't um, do that justice so like, by saying that. 
ship combat i think is the closest thing so like like generally ship combat will have facing and it will have um I played a fascinating game on the weekend called Tale of Pirates, which has which has which has a cutout. It's a it's a it's a board game. It has a yeah. cutout cardboard pirate ship, and each of your tokens is a fifteen second egg timer. And so, if you want to do a job on the ship, you, you the game lasts for like four minutes. So you got to jam it in there, and then when it runs out, the thing triggers, and so you're all sort of running around and oh. yelling at each other and doing it. But that has your ship in the middle of the of the map, and then mm-hmm. the compass points around the side. So it's always oh, rocks over here, there's a frigate over here, that sort of thing. But the the interesting thing in Hollows is we flipped it, so yeah. the baddies in the middle, yeah, and yeah, everything cool. else is around. And I think like. I've not seen it in role playing games, but it's it's lock on, it's lock on targeting from yeah. you know uh, Bloodborne or Legend of Zelda or what have you. It's it's it's, it's clicking in the right stick to say right, this is the important thing here, and where my position is to this is is, is relative is is interesting only as far as can I sneak up on it? Am I near my friends? Am I out of the range of its dangerous attacks? And yeah. so all combat in Hollows is against a single thing, mm-hmm. um, and if it's against more than one thing, then we're cheating and just using just fudging the rules to make it work <laughs> no that that's actually i i'm, I'm trying to think so like that's i can't think of any game that really does that kind of combat which there i've seen games where you fight against like really big monsters right like in table tabletop games but mm. one where almost like that's the core focus and you're all around it and I, I'm guessing some of the mechanics with the characters and all that kind of focus on where you are will give you Usually, benefit? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say as well, um, the One Ring has a lovely combat system. Uh, the One Ring does um, battle in that you are either in support, ranged, or frontline. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and and like you can choose to move between, and you're in like you're better in certain places, but both sides have that. I think, yeah. um, oh, what's it called? Ryotama has a weirdly involved combat system around that as well. It's fascinating, like, like because it's it's an intensely Japanese game, and that it doesn't sync up for me. I don't, I can't see the joints. Um, but the. The powers, the abilities, like one of our, one of the things which, again, along with skip to the end, one of our abilities, one of our um, tenets, our design tenets, is um, abilities you just have to have, and we yeah. want every single ability. And we, we're not, we're not always going to hit it because you know we're only human, but we try and have it as as far as possible. That there's no dead levels, and every single ability is like, oh, I want that. Oh, I'd love to have that. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> and so. And so, and it's quite hard to write, honestly, yeah. and, and also because we don't like numbers bigger than about six, so we really we don't have a lot of wiggle room um, <laughs> in terms of our in terms of our numerics. But um, so let's say, for example, uh, the knife is very mobile, and the knife uh, one one of the basic um, upgrades from tier one of knife is do is you do plus one wound when you're in rear, which means you can bring mm. your other monster faster. And so um, there's no defensive powers. Uh, and the knife, aside from you can defend with quick, uh, so you can defend by by dodging rather than any other stat, um, and you can do that by by expending resource. So it's a, so it's risky and you're fragile and you're getting in there and you're stabbing and you're getting out. And the other and the, the the neat thing is everyone picks two weapons. Yeah. Start up. 
and so your 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 class is defined in part by where you're but by, by like but your which faction you used to work with yeah. like what what power block and aisles you were like you used to run with but the 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 actual meat of the mechanical stuff comes from these weapons which you are imbuing with magical power uh we steal a thing from oh mage the awakening yeah Oh. Awakening, yeah, the old purple one. Uh, uh, which oh, uh, was it? Mage the Ascension, right? Uh, by um, is it, White Wolf. Is it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it Ascension or Apocalypse? No, it's uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yeah. Anyway, the one, Ascension, the one which yeah. isn't about the one which isn't about the Seers of the Throne. The one about where you can play a space wizard, or you can play a tree wizard, or you can play a god <laughs> wizard, and you can all be friends. Yeah. But the idea with that is, you had a stat, you had a stat called Arate, which was your um, mastery of of the of, of wizard of Wizbiz. and up until Arate five, you had to have a foci to cast things through. And the yeah. the, the example they gave was like, um, uh, you can't cook bread with your mind, but by using a toaster, you can. And what a toaster does is a very limited. Um, I think I think technically a forces two effect, which yeah. uh, which increases the rate of, uh, of of heat around the bread, and and so we wanted these weapons to be um, foci, mm. um, which is which is you which is you channeling your 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 the, the horrible things that have happened to you, your horrible worldviews, your torment outwards through a fine point yeah. and because because they are magical in that way we can get weirder and weirder and weirder with it and yeah. so um we cut out a lot of the weirder stuff from the playtest because that's quite high level but yeah. we've got um it lets us just start completely messing with mechanics and playing around with stuff and not having to have it like hang together within the fiction mm-hmm. um because because well it's, it's okay you're a wizard you're a very specific kind of beheading wizard yeah, but that's that's it gives it gives us a lot of a lot of freedom. Like there's a there's a the, the bludgeon character is all about reducing the enemy stamina to zero, mm-hmm. um, and one of the one of the high like they're they're really horrible to be around, and one of their um, tier three unlock abilities is um, you can basically spend uh, the 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 baddie places threat and then uh, on, the, on the table and they expend threat to power their moves. Uh, you can spend it when you have no resolve left. Oh. Uh, and and like and and just 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 like rip, like climbing directly into the thing's mouth and ripping its jaw off, or what have you. And it's like taking taking things like that, messing yeah. around with that, establishing rules and then breaking them, and having that um, resonate in a way that's like, oh, that's exciting, oh, that's thrilling, and that's yeah. and that's that's what we that's what we're about. That's and and it sounds really neat because it sounds like you have a really good blend of this tactical combat, but in a manner that is still extremely thematic and i think that's a hard balance mm. to find but from the sounds of it it sounds like you found a really nice balance for that well i mean we're getting there we are you know we've just entered playtest and so we've done we've done some private stuff uh, we ran some games at gen con and mm. it's gone nicely we've you know we've we've massively changed the system from where it was initially we've done an awful lot of work on it and i really hope that what we've got is the basis for a strong uh for a strong system it's it's been it's been a challenge as well because we've been in spire and heart for the last five years uh, 2017, uh we've been operating i think the kickstarter was yeah 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 um and i was you know i was writing it before that um and we've done 
uh, Spy and two source books, two full size source books, and the other ones we've got Heart. We're going to have the source book for that coming up, and it was quite confronting to not have the comfortable pair of Spire trousers to pull on. Yeah, uh, to not just sort of slip on my comfortable Spire hoodie and and actually go like, no 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 no. The mechanics can be anything. Yeah. What do you want them to be? And it's it's quite nice to have the restrictions of an ongoing line like uh like the challenges we had with heart um saying well how do we make a game about espionage and uh revolution tell mm-hmm. a story about impossible dungeon crawling how do we how do we make the system work and we did and it works well uh and we i, I don't know whether hollows works yet i hope it does and i talk a big game and i no, I, I enjoy running it i enjoy playing it um but i think what really excites me is one getting it out to playtest and working with some artists and writers because each hollow is self-contained. Uh, yeah. we, it gives us a lot of liberties with hiring people around. Um, the art doesn't have to mesh. The yeah. the writing style doesn't have to mesh. We can get it because because each one of these is a, is your own sort of Silent Hill, Jacob's Ladder nightmare. Mm-hmm. We can they can establish and break their own rules. That's fine. Um, so I'm really excited to to, to to get a big proper mainline book out again. But also, once the combat system is firmed up, um, like with all of our games, we're always interested in putting out a functional community license and a functional SRD so people can start iterating and making their own stuff. Because what I want to do with this, I want to fight mechs with it. As a Battletech player, I, uh, that is very exciting. <laughs> I want, I want to have, I want to have. I, I've got, I've got to say, really wish I liked Battletech. I think, I think the robots look like dorks. They look like tower blocks that have gotten out of hand. It's not my scene. Oh, have you seen the new ones from Catalyst? Oh, they look good. now. Probably not. No. Oh, are they, are they, if, if they look good now, that's great. I like, I like a fat robot, but I understand. <laughs> um, what, what I really want to do is have a game of um, four to six. Um, people use improvised equipment to take down a single mech. Oh. So you've got one guy with a jump pack. You've got one guy with mag bombs. You've got one guy who can like um, get in there and hijack it for a bit. Yeah. And just like and because because we've got the tactical positioning, there's lots of there's lots of fun things we can do. There's lots of like um, you know Shadow of the Colossus. Um, fuck it, even D and D, like to make a game where you fight dragons like this, like a dragon slayer one or a, what's mm-hmm. that? I'm trying to think of that movie that was, I think it was in Norway, but it was all about hunting trolls. Yeah, like troll hunter. Giant, yeah. That seems pretty self-explanatory for the name of the movie, but yeah. <laughs> no, that, would be, uh, that would be really cool. Um, while you're kind of talking, I thought, would it be possible now, this is uh, kind of, would it be possible to do almost like a play on a Moby Dick style hunt where you guys are in little robot? Would that be possible? That was suggested literally in our Discord this morning, and yes, <laughs> it wasn't um, me. I swear, I swear. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it honestly, it'd be weird if you brought it up now and didn't mention it. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely, because because like the like the the out of combat play, the exploration gives you a map, uh, and much like with Unbound, you've just got a location, you've got you've got a zone, yeah. uh, and there's something interesting in there, and there's either law or an entity or both, and law yeah. is what you spend to. I wanted to skip to the end of um, oh this this creature is weak versus um, wolfsbane uh, because at that point you have to, at that point you have to write a bestiary you have to put wolfsbane in the world you have to mm. make wolfsbane hard to get 
and, and it's it's either awkward or a formality after it's been interesting once. And so yeah. what 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 we've done instead is we have law, and so law is um, generic untyped data, and then you spend it to unlock weaknesses on the monster. So oh. you can say right. I'm spending three law. This thing's weak versus weak versus wolfbane. I've got some wolfbane. It's got defense minus two, and that sticks until you oh. kill the thing. That's that's um, actually really- which it's okay. There's there's upsides and downsides. No, no, and I, I think upside, it's kind of cool. It, no, no <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's cool, and I'm like I'm I'm you know, I'm glad you like it. Um, the the idea was that I didn't want to have to define a world, but let players do that themselves. Uh, yeah. Because hollows are so so distinct, and they make their own rules. Um, but also, it means that there's something quite exciting about looking up the monster in the monster manual, or like you fight it and you get chased off, and then you find a sage, and the sage is like, "Ah, well, it's weak versus wolfsbane. You can find some wolfsbane in the caverns of," and you go and go to the caverns of, and you do the thing, and you come back, and you feel like you're part of a living, breathing world. Yeah, which is great, but mm. also a lot of work. So we just sort of cut all the fluff off it. Yeah. Um, yes. This. So. So the exploration is you have you have these areas and they have something in them. And so you could absolutely, definitely have right here's here's bits of sea. Here's an island. Here's here, here's what you're after here. And, you know, and like there's Moby Dick, but there's also various things you're hunting. You know, the the ships made out of the stuff that you're you're fighting and dragging down. There's octopuses. There's pirates. I mean, you could you could use it to simulate a pirate ship. Uh, as long as, like, once someone comes off the pirate ship, system doesn't quite work. But yeah. if there's if there's fifty guys in the pirate ship, yeah, yeah, you can you can you can run it in hollows. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, it it. I'm also getting a little bit of like Monster Hunter World here, where you're not oh, there yeah. to oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not there to fight yeah. ten dozen things. You you have one specific goal to try and get this one thing down now. It's going to be a pain, and it's going to take a while, but it's going to be very engaging. And I, I'm getting a lot from that. And there's, I, I love monster hunt style games. I freaking love things where you're only fighting one big monster or uh, one really difficult thing to go for. And like this is hitting a lot of uh, notes for me and things that I really enjoy and things I enjoy running. Uh, and mm. out of all those, the one thing, one criticism I usually have is it doesn't seem like the combat is always, it doesn't always seem to work with the aspect of one big monster with a bunch of people. Mm. And that's what, like, and it sounds like you've kind of, maybe you're still working on it, but it sounds like you almost have a method of really handling that in a really nice way. And Absolutely. Yeah. Like that, and that's, that's what all of our work's been towards is pushing for that. Yeah. Um, the most most combat systems are quite good at simulating fights between parties of equal sizes. Yeah. Um, and if you throw in a few props here and there, and you have a bit of terrain, then that makes it interesting. But generally, you're rolling dice, and it does the thing, and that's fine. Yeah. Whereas um, it's a bit like um, like well, so Dungeons and Dragons, most fights are against dragons so when they have a dragon they want it to be big and scary and so it's got lair abilities it's got debuffs it's got dragon fear i think i don't know whether that's still knocking around in this edition they've got all kinds of horrible things which makes a dragon hard to fight and it starts taking the system which is designed to kick goblins downstairs and it really starts straining 
Because this thing, this thing's an infinite bag of hit points. Well, not infinite, yeah. but it's got a big old bag of hit points. And I think you end up, um, you end up in a similar challenge to um, Scion, yeah. the old White Wolf game, which tried to use exactly the same system to um, to to kick a dog, and the god of dogs used exactly <laughs> the same number, exactly the same thing, but just put, put, moved up the scale. So you're yeah. doing things like, okay, the god of dogs has 36 automatic successes on any bite check. It's like that's you've come too far. Just, yeah. just give me different games at that point, and and so yeah, like we we tried to have it as this is the this is what the game's about. It's going to do this thing very well. It's not. It's fine at the other stuff, and it like and you, you can have a fight against an equal party. You know, like we've had. Um, I think in in, in every playtest we've had three or four hunters against a cult of entity worshippers yeah. and it just it takes about three minutes as you narrate through a cool scene and then you carry on and carry on playing but it's um i i really hope it works i uh, we've always tried to do something different and interesting um we've always tried to push for something weird uh because we are when we set up this business, we wanted to. We wanted security, so Chris mm-hmm. and I could do this, and not. I didn't have to go back to an office job because I bloody hate office jobs. <laughs> and um, and Chris didn't have to go back into retail, uh, which is like an office job, but you stand up. Mm-hmm. And I, we we formed it out of security, but also because we wanted to be creatively challenged. We wanted to. We wanted to try and do interesting things, yeah. and thankfully. Because because of because Maz 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 is a weapons grade genius, um, and has a has a great head for numbers and business, and so we've managed to build a system, managed to build a business, which means that our ideas have a place to go and a, a place to draw money from those, and yeah. then we can continue doing weird stuff. We have enough of an audience and an interest, and we're, we're now savvy enough around marketing. I, I I don't like paying for marketing, but I like talking about <laughs> my things in a cheeky way, which makes you click on something. Yeah, and so and so like we got to the point where we can run this as a business and we can do weird stuff and it can work. It doesn't always work, but it's um it's 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 great. Yeah, oh, and to be honest, like I I've heard this from a few creators out there where they've said uh, you shouldn't you don't get into the tabletop RPG uh, game to make money you do it to create but it sounds like you guys have uh you've created your own like company that actually is self-sustaining and is you're Mm. able to do your dream what what is that like like i mean it's it's hard to make money the infrastructure is is less apparent than in other industries and also Mm. just in terms of like if you think of tech there's a there's a uh, thousands of places you can go, tens of thousands of places you can go to learn about technology, and also investors, uh, and people will give you money to do things. No one's really investing in role playing game books, <laughs> and the num and, and the num- if, if we were to get someone, the numbers who numbers that they're running aren't really going to happen. I mean, if you think of things like um, oh, what was it called? Roll, yeah, roll like the the platform. Uh, the, the the VTT platform, which was pushed oh, okay. really heavily about two years ago and then disappeared. The the idea being that you can market a success, you can push for something, but we're not super interested in that. It is quite hard to make money. It helps if you have a... It, I mean, I'm running on an easy mode here, mate. You know, um, <laughs> I'm English speaking. 
I've got all functional limbs. I'm able-bodied. I'm cis. I'm straight passing. I'm white. Uh, I speak. I speak English. There are very few doors closed in front of me yeah. to making a career in this. Um, but we, tr- you know, we we try really hard. Um, we have a level of. I certainly have a level of. I wouldn't say perfectionism, but pride yeah. in my work. Um, which uh, which will see me rewriting things over and over, trying to get them to the right thing and be like, oh, we need to crop this, or we need to change this, or we need to make this work, or can we get this better? And Chris and I will spend like an hour or two going back on the name for a class or something because it's like actually this has to resonate, actually this matters. Yeah. And um, what we're producing is a luxury product for a niche within a niche industry, and so yeah. we want something. And luxury as in, I mean luxury as in non-essential rather than yeah. made out of velvet. Although some of the stuff is pretty nice. I, but, I would also like to see a velvet book. That would be very nice. Good on the heads. We've got, we've got leather bands. Have I got my leather bands on here? I think. Have I got it here? Is it next door? Next door. We had, um, we had heart uh, bound um, in, um, in leather by professional leather printers, professional leather binders, and like embossed with a giant machine you have to pull down with gold foil on it. And oh, they cost cool. 250 pounds each. Oh. And I I don't feel comfortable having them in the house. I wouldn't spend that on a book. I go to fucking Gen Con. We sold seven of them. Jesus. Paul, it's, I don't, it's... A couple out of spite, it seems. And it's like, it's like, I can't. I, I thought twice about getting cheese on my sandwich this afternoon because it was fifty. It was fifty p extra. Yep, yep. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not wanting for cash or anything. But like, how is people like? Oh yeah, sure, I'll spend that. I, I guess they're 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 in the tech industry. They can. They're. I've got to presume they're all programmers. It's like it's it's us and furry artists. No, yeah, that that that's crazy. Like, two, that's that's an expensive book. Like. That's it's it's super cool. It's the same middle as the normal one, and ten times the cost. Well, have you even? Yeah. Well, even have you seen like the price? We're getting a little off topic, but have you even seen the price of some dice out there? I went to my local game store, and and they're like, "Oh yeah, they're like, we have these dice in the cabinet." And I was like looking for a specific dice just for a certain game I was running, and I also was getting some dice of shame for people who uh, who forget their dice at home, Um, but. He was like, oh, yeah, we have these dice over here. I was like, oh, wow, those are really nice. And they're like aluminum and they have like engraved. I was like, how much is that? Oh, that's about $140. I'm like, I if I came back with that, mate, uh, mate, no, mate, no. mate, that's what? fuck all. We at Gen Con, some, some of us attended a rare dice auction. A rare dice there auction? There are, there are. Yeah, there are secrets. So Level Up Dice, who did this, so so we 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 published the die RPG. Yeah. Um, and Level Up Dice, I think it was before the whole um making dice out of German tanks Ferrari, um, which they they went into. We uh some some uh, uh project manager Zach uh, went along to their uh to a just to a party they were doing at Gen Con because they were doing dice for us for the die RPG. Yeah. Um, and we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars. On, on on dice just because no. oh this is this is an important dice or this or this dice is made out of mammoth bones but um like we're we're selling we're selling dice we're selling sets of dice for 300 pounds they're made out of we we had to find non-conflict obsidian to make the d20 
It is daft what people will pay. I can't wrap my head around it. But people are passionate about things. People are excited about things. And so if you say, look, here's a way in which you can be passionate and excited, and also it supports us, that's good. Yeah. You know, that's great. I just can't quite, I can't quite puzzle it out myself. Oh, I've I, like, I, I shouldn't be surprised. Cause I've even like, I, I have my own little card collection. Right. But I've seen, uh, ah. I've looked at cards that are like thousands of dollars, like playing cards. Yeah. There are thousands of dollars. Yeah. So it's like, how the hell are that? How the hell are they that much? And then it turns out it's because, oh, these are from like the 1920s. These are from like the 1800s, mm. which not many decks exist because those decks were not treated at the time. So they, well, no, no. yeah. So I was like, okay, that makes the sense. Tools. But wow, thousands of dollars. Yeah, no, it's like there is, there is, there is a, there's a fascinating, there's a fascinating, um, uh, what we, what we in the Kickstarter business call whales. Yeah. Around the idea of pe- people who are willing to just turn up and, th- and, d- and just click the biggest button. Um, and it is a, like, Part like one of the interesting things I've seen about Kickstarters that, that don't do very well, or like they'll get you know hundreds and hundreds of backers, but they don't really hit that hit that high point, is because they haven't. You have to kind of put in a joke tier for people who have too much money for what it, for, for, for what a nobleman drives past in yeah. uh, in their carriage. It's like, ah, an urchin boy hawking wares about goblins. Here, I'll take the whole collection and just throws a coin purse out. Yeah. You got to give him the option, otherwise he'll just otherwise you'll just spend ten pounds and never read it. Yeah, well, it, it, it's kind of it's funny that you mentioned that because I've looked at a few RPGs where it's like, yeah, you know what? If you uh, if you back this tier for four hundred dollars, you'll have a character in the book, and I'm like, I would never do that. And then I look at it, it's like already sold out, and I'm like, so yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. it, like I always I, thought it, it was it, cool, in but. the book is in the book is fascinating. We did that. We did. Um, we went above and beyond as well because most people just. Um, most Kickstarters will do a thing where it's um, we'll, we'll, we'll put you in the book, yeah. and so they have uh, they there is about twenty percent of all the characters in the book become guys with beards and glasses because that's who backs Kickstarters. And you don't there's, there's say, the, yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> and so there's an element of um of uh, well that, that like he he's a Kickstarter backer, he's a Kickstarter backer, that guy's a Kickstarter backer, yeah. And so what like we wanted to avoid that, so what we did instead was um we charged a, a fair whack. I mean less less than like less than our day rates would, but it's you know private, so it's fine. Um, and the deal was that we that we we gave you a cult. So you told us a cult that you told us like the idea for a cult that you liked, yeah. And then, um, and then we'll 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 write up rules for that. We'll get some art done for it. Um, we also had in Sin, we had um, you could pay to have an NPC in the book, but the deal was is the players had to have so much to gain from killing you. <laughs> so. Because, because like this, it's always it's always infuriating. You read an NPC, yeah. and it's like, oh well, oh she, oh she's oh she's beautiful, and her dad was an angel, and her mum was a demon, and she's got one lavender eye and one cerulean eye, <laughs> and it's just like, no, 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 I want, I want dog shit, please. <laughs> I want someone who the characters are going to want to mug, and so every single every single paid for NPC, uh, you have more to gain by killing than leaving alive. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to reread 
I'm going to have to reread Spire and all that because there's been a few characters where I'm like, I would want them in my game because I would love for them to be murdered by the... And that was your intention. Mm. That, so, was, so that was Sin. Spire, we... Sin. Spire, oh, okay. Yeah, all of the, the, the new gods at the back of Spire oh, are okay. all um, backer. Uh, done, but it's not like we're going to draw you with your beard and your goatee. It's more like, what do you want? Do you have any cool ideas? And we gave we gave them like a little drop down list of ideas. What are the domains? What are you interested in? Give us a little pitch. Then we take it away and we write something. And then you can and then people make judgment calls. Like I think we've only had one which was rejected. Um, and aside from that, we, and, and then and then we just changed the names on it and released it anyway. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> were any uh, like. And like stories that you heard, like about the NPCs, like so good that you're like, we're going to add this into more of the core part of the game, or just out of curiosity. Um, oh well, so um, I will say one uh, one guy um, just wrote uh, I forget the name of the NPC, but he turned in a a three paragraphs of properly spelled and grammatically organized um, in in character fiction. Um, which was which which was which was correct, and it hit the tone for Spire. So I think I just sort of moved one paragraph up, up and printed that in its entirety. <laughs> it's like, well, you've done you saved me a job, mate. That's perfect. I don't I don't need to change anything. Yeah. And she sounds horrible, but um, like I found that yeah, there's one. Um, one of the guys from one of the new gods from Spire, Garrick. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the who is the, the the cybernetic bionic implant god commissioned by Seth Steele? Um, they we've I found that we've like we've needed to have a weird biomechanical cultists um, throughout the throughout the game, and so Garrick sort of stuck onto that as this is like this this is this is the step you go to if you want to start modifying oh, yourself. That's cool, um, but. Now, generally, like we got everything in place, and then we ran the Kickstarter, and then we got the stuff in. So, like we pitched most of them as foreign gods or god or imported gods, so they didn't have to mesh too well. Yeah. Uh, but it's but I mean, like uh, we also have like there's no we, we, there's no canon spire, no canon heart, so we can we can get fast and loose with, it, especially in the heart. I mean, there's no yeah. canon within that book, but the uh, the being able to say like right yeah 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 there's a there's a there's a there's a play and it's existed for 40 years except no one's mentioned it before because it's been yeah. suppressed and now it's out and that's fine because it's so it's not like it's not like 40k where they're like ah 10,000 years ago we started making <laughs> tall space marines yeah. and we've just finished them yeah we don't need to with our level of uh, fiction yeah one one thing uh i i kind of want to bring up because it was my actual favorite it was a location that you had inspire and it was mm. The one with the door that you nail your name to and you go in and you'll pop out. <sighs> I thought that was the coolest, like, like not to belittle the rest of the book, but that was when I read that, I was like, that is the coolest idea I have ever read. And to this day, whenever people are I, like, it, it's just something I think is just so awesome. It's straight unknown armies. Yeah. As well. Like that is like, that is drawing entirely on the idea of write your name is important. Yeah. Um, and cu- culturally, culturally, your name matters. And wh- what if you wanted to have it removed? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, we, we go into these, uh, the shadow agent class, which was uh, maybe a bit of a misfire. I think we didn't quite 
playtest it enough, we didn't quite balance it out right, and so it didn't really work as well as I would have hoped it to. But one of the medium abilities is you can get your true name surgically excised. And we don't go into any details about how that happens, but I love the idea of being able to, oh, yeah, we can get some knives and make it happen. That can work. Yeah. And just like like messing with concepts and like jamming concepts into strange, contorting them into strange forms, I find really fun. Yeah, no, I, I remember reading that. And like, I literally had to sit there for a moment and think of like, that is so cool. How would this work in game? And it was just such a neat moment. Um, so going back to Harrow's a little bit, um hollows hollow sorry what did i say Harrow's? Okay. Uh, yeah Harrow's. no sorry i said i i have a tendency to say wrong words <laughs> but um uh in hollow job to have picked yeah 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 i know right <laughs> i know right uh yeah no it's pretty bad sometimes um yeah, so yeah. what what kind of timeline are you looking for that game for uh release or for kickstarter at least well um we've we've taken i think about four months we're running about four months late on the play test because we kind of we decided to take it seriously and by late i mean like we didn't promise it at a certain point we just said hey sign up here do the thing yeah and we'll 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 send you we'll send you the pdf when it's done and the like my initial idea was to release it quite bare bones um and let people dick about and see what this see what they like see what they don't and then take some feedback but um, we brought Maz on board, the Ro- Rowan. We brought Maz on board as uh, an editor and kind of a kind of a product manager for the book. And they've they've really pushed it. They've really pushed like the reason why the why it looks as nice as it does, why it reads as cleanly as it does, um, is well the reason why it looks nice is because uh, Minerva McJanda did, did the layout on it, and Maz worked really hard with her to push her in certain directions and get to get to a place where it was legible but weird. Mm-hmm. which is really challenging. Um, and also just like in terms of the technical language, I don't, I write clean, but I like I like using the wrong terms for things. And so Maz was really good at going through and catching those. Um, so I think we started taking it more seriously. It started yeah. off as a fairly sort of, uh, as a, as a sideline thing, which we were going to do um, in between heart source books. Uh, and and die and it seems like we've got enough interest there mechanically and fictionally that we want to we want to treat it with some respect and make it into a big delicious thing like a proper you know like treat it with the same respect as spire or heart and give it a big release yeah Um, and i also think that it's it's probably it's probably got the potential for more mass appeal than spire or heart given the subject nature Mm -hmm. uh it's it's an easier sell you don't need to role play as much and so, like, I, I think what what we need to do is get a bunch more playtest reports in, see what the see what the tone is, see if it works, and then we need to carry on learning on how to write this, and then how to teach people to write this, so we can get a more coherent product around. We need to. We've got a lot of a lot of monsters to write. We've got a lot of abilities to write, mm-hmm. um, and then of course the fine tuning balancing comes in after that. Um, I think. I'd pig and love to have it on Kickstarter at Gen Con. That'd be wonderful. But I don't know. Um, yeah. I think at present we're just sort of, we are, we're trying to, I personally find that working as slowly as possible makes good books come out occasionally. And as long <laughs> as they're really good, you could get by financially. Yeah. 
and so I I feel that like I don't I don't like pushing too hard for speed. I don't like trying to get something out before it's ready to cover our bases, and we are financially thankfully secure because we've got a, a pretty good web a pr- pretty good web store. Um, which we keep selling stuff through, which is nice. So I don't know. Um, like I'd I'd love to get it out um within a year, but we've got um we've got dye to get printed as well, which was which was a you know huge success for us last year, uh, and Kieran Gillen, and so we've got to get that printed. We've got another heart source book to write because we wrote a a, a very good role playing game. It won seven any awards. And then we just didn't do anything with it because we were busy and tired. And there was that <laughs> pandemic which got in the way. Yeah. Um, we've got um, oh, what else? We've got. I'm doing a game called Eat the Reich, um, which is a yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, it's a pulp comedy Nazi hunter vampires, uh, where <laughs> so- you're you're you're, dro- you're dropped behind enemy lines and you need to drink increasingly high ranking Nazis to level up your vampire powers. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, right. What a sell! What a sell! Oh my god, that just sounds hilarious. Yeah, and and like and like, it's it's a challenge. So like trying to trying to hit the right tone with that. I'm working with an artist. Um, try. We haven't announced who it is yet, but very exciting artist. Very cool. Like the same same with uh, Roland Cons and I did with Orc Borg. Uh, where it, he did all the layout and the art, I did all the writing. Going to do the same thing with this guy and split the profits, so I can sort of have a creative outlet, but also we, we can both make quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, like we've got we've got stuff going on, and it's it's challenging. There's a there's a there's a, there's a bunch of stuff which we need to do. So I don't know. Um, and if it were up to me, it probably would have come out badly about eight months ago. But thankfully, it's not up to me. I don't make those kind of decisions. I just write the books. Nice. No, that uh, I, I'm looking forward to that Kickstarter. I'm definitely backing it. Maybe I'll put mm. my name in it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have one last question uh, before we get okay. going. And if you had any advice to give to someone who either wants to try and break into the industry or write their very first RPG to try and sell, what would be the key advice that you would have? Okay, so the te- the tempting thing to say is to not try and fix D and D. Don't make your fantasy heartbreaker. Yeah, but I think everyone knows that by now. I think the thing I would encourage you to do is twofold: is one, is to make small games. So I I I did small games. I do. I still do one small game a month. Um, mm-hmm. It means that you get to. No, by small, I don't necessarily mean one page. I mean like thirty-five pages. You don't need art, that sort of thing. Just small, scrappy, interesting things. Yeah. The most important part of uh, of the creative process that I've found is finishing something. Because if if you if you keep writing it longer and longer, and you hear these you hear these heartbreaking stories, people are like, oh, I've been I've been writing this game for fifteen years. It's like, oh, it's probably not any good, then, is it? Because yeah. because you've taken too long, and it's like it's like it's the Duke Nukem Forever problem at that point. Like it's just that you've you've come too far. This is a different thing. Yeah. And once you finish something, you get to one share it with the world. And when you share it with the world, it's easier than ever these days. When you share it with the world, that means that people can give you money for it, perhaps, but also they can see you and they can recognize you and go, "Oh, this guy, this guy did these games. I like those games. I'll I'll read more of his games in future. I'll buy some games yeah. in future." So. Make small things, release them on Etsy, get a portfolio together, 
um, and show that you can, if you're interested in working for other people, show that you can um, communicate setting through mechanics. Uh, because like, as, a, as a commissioning editor um, and as a, as a fan of the, of the, of the medium, the only, the only thing we've got over books is that we can give superpowers to the reader, which let them tell a story. Yeah. And you should show that you can do that as best you can. The other thing is, and it's, it is, it is the advice which your boomer parents give you, which is get out there and shake some hands, kid. <laughs> and it is one of the things which I find um, fascinating about America, American RPG culture compared to the UK is you guys have cons. We don't really have yeah. cons. We've got maybe four or five, or like they're very, you know, self-contained. It's just the same eight people going every year to a yeah. to a cottage in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Whereas in America, you've got specific cons for playtesting, and so there is a scene in America. Just because you have the number of people and the infrastructure to make it happen, there yeah. is a scene, and you go along and you play other people's games. And so by the time you hit Kickstarter, I think it was Blades in the Dark that I found yeah. fascinating. Because I was on, I was on uh, John Harper's uh, on his Patreon, and I think I got like an early draft of it, but I didn't, I didn't read it because it was quite long, and I'm quite jealous of how good he is. <laughs> um, so I, I, I find it quite challenging. Um, but he put it out, and then I think there was something like twenty different endorsements from people who I who, who I'd heard of, who'd already said, "Yeah, I've played this. It's great. Best game ever. Back it." So it's not fucking out yet. <laughs> and so, but because he went to the playtest, because they knew him, because because they were friends, because yeah. they existed as people, and there is an element of nepotism, but there's also an element of like go out and meet people and remind them that you exist, or meet people online, or play games online, do things together, collaborate. Yeah. Um, don't try at like try and do nice things with people. Um, who are in who are in the industry, and it doesn't have to have an end in mind. You don't have to try and gear towards something. Just just, just, just do nice things with people, and it might serve you well in the end. That is really good advice. And also, I am, as a Canadian, I am very jealous of my American counterparts, where mm. they talk about like, "Oh yeah, I drove like an hour to, uh, you know, to uh, MaceCon or JeffCon or to the one over there." And I'm just like, I tried to look up, like, is there any? Because I, I'm not Vancouver, so I'm the rest of Canada that doesn't really exist, <laughs> and. I, I, I traded three moose for a skiff to hey, a submarine when guy was playing GURPS. Well, I gotta say that does work out very well. Moose are very expensive here, so you can buy like half a house for three moose. So Really? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. We don't actually measure in mooses. <laughs> oh. It's okay. no, syrup, is isn't it? I'm sorry, it's syrup. It's syrup. Yeah. Now, for us, it's loons. Oh, loons and tunes, loonies and tunies, loonies and tunies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we got weird money, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would like to thank you, Grant, for hopping on. This has been a really fun conversation. I've really enjoyed it, and I am super excited for your upcoming project. Uh, yeah, it, it, and I'm finally glad I know what where Rowan Rock and Decker came from. This has been a mystery <laughs> I've had for so long. And now I finally can say, oh, yeah, I know why they named it. They wanted it to be legal. And I... Oh, oh, oh I, I spoke to Rick on the phone. Oh, I have yeah, an interview with him. Quite, yeah. quite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I could be of some assistance. And it was lovely to it was lovely to just enthuse about my shit for a while. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been, it's been a pleasure. And I 
I definitely have plans for my own table to run uh, Unbound since I haven't gotten to run it yet, but I'm, I've wanted to run it for so damn long. Well, all you got to do is Session Zero. That's fine. Just abandon it after that. But just get, get, that session, get that Session Zero in. They'll, they'll be very happy, I promise you. Okay, sounds good. But anyways, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I I hope you guys had a good time. I know I did. And Grant, I hope you did too. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>